WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The snow is now falling, and we're bracing for blizzard conditions tonight on into Saturday with West Michigan under a blizzard warning. National Weather Service meteorologist Brian Mead says travel could be difficult, especially tomorrow with the high winds, and there could be power outages. The winds uh, that, that we're expecting with some gusts approaching maybe 60 miles an hour, uh, which would be more likely near the Lake Michigan shoreline, that, that could definitely cause some power outages. So that's another thing to be concerned about for sure. Mead says the cold is also a concern with temperatures in the teens or lower with wind chills below zero. Some parts of West Michigan could get nearly two feet of snow. It will be worst along the lakeshore. Meanwhile, Indiana-Michigan Power is urging customers to be ready for outages in this week's blizzard. Spokesperson Corey Olenkamp tells us the utility is all hands on deck as it waits to respond to power disruptions caused by predicted wind gusts of 55 to 60 miles an hour. Over the past few days, all of our teams, from our material procurement folks to our line departments, have been getting together, making sure we've got the staffing, making sure we're working with our business partners so that we're adequately prepared for uh, anything that's going to come our way. Camp says it's INM's job to keep the lights on, and that's what the crews will work to do. However, he notes with blowing snow making travel difficult, some people may be without service longer than they would be in a summer storm. He urges them to be prepared. Having a plan B to where you can go, knowing where your local warming station is, if you happen to lose power for an extended amount of time, those are all things we want to make sure people know ahead of time. It's not something you want to scramble to. INM is preparing for the storm by lining up crews and support teams, as well as mutual aid from other utilities if it's necessary. Olin Camp notes this storm will affect the company's entire service area, all the way from Benton Harbor to Muncie, so INM asks for patience. He also asks drivers to give plenty of room in any crews they see working on the side of the road. The Berrien County Board of Commissioners has honored retiring Judge Dennis Wiley. During a meeting today, Chair Mac Elliott read a resolution saluting Judge Wiley for his 40 years of service to the county. Elliot said he's been a friend for about that long. And I knew even if we disagreed and it was vigorous, I always knew his compass pointed true north, that his position was based on what he honestly and sincerely believed to be just. Wiley thanked the board and said there's no better place to work than Berrien County. It's been my honor, my privilege to serve my country, to serve my state and my county in this community. And thank you so much for this resolution. I will go in peace. Wiley became an assistant prosecutor in 1981 and became the county prosecutor in 1989. As prosecutor, he established the Berrien County Drug-Free School Zones and assisted in the formation of the U.S. Department of Justice Weed and Seed Program. Wiley became a judge in 1996. The board's resolution commends him for being a, quote, veteran, dedicated family man, and an active contributor for the betterment of the communities that surround us. Some additional Berrien County veterans have received holiday gift baskets from the County Veterans Services Department. Speaking this week to the Berrien County Board of Commissioners, Veterans Services Director Maureen Adams said 150 baskets with turkey and other items went out earlier this month at an event at the Health Department. 
However, not everyone who stopped by was able to receive one. Additional support allowed for more baskets to be given away this week. We did have the opportunity with the facilitation of Commissioner Harrison to give away an additional 63 baskets on Tuesday. We made arrangements. Appointments were made for anybody who came to the first event and we had run out of baskets. Adams said that the baskets contained nearly $100 worth of food. Included were potatoes, onions, butter, turkey, ham, and more. She said $6,000 in support from the Berrien Community Foundation helped make it possible. Staff said the veterans receiving the gifts were all touched. Berrien County leaders are urging residents to head over to FCC.gov to see a map of broadband availability around the country and to check if it's accurate. Speaking at today's meeting, Commissioner Terry Freeling said a memo has been posted to the county's website directing people to the FCC map. This is an effort to get citizens to help with the FCC maps to challenge whether it's your location or your accessibility that's being reported. This is being used for additional funding that's coming from the state and the federal government. And so we are asking that the public help us to be able to just verify that the information that's there is accurate and correct. Marion County just got done compiling detailed maps of broadband availability with the help of some contracted firms. That's as it seeks grants and other funding to help expand high-speed Internet to those areas of the county they're lacking. Freeling says you can challenge the FCC's information regarding your own property, and the county is preparing a bulk challenge to better position itself for more assistance. We have a link to the FCC map at our website. And Congressman Fred Upton is giving high marks to the address by Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky at the U.S. Capitol Wednesday. Zelensky addressed the joint session of Congress and said his country is fighting for its independence just as the United States once did. We stand, we fight, and we will win because we are united. Ukraine, America, and the entire free world. Upton issued a statement calling Zelensky a, quote, inspiration to his nation and a freedom-loving people around the world. He continued, quote, the tenacity and spirit of the Ukrainian people and its armed forces in the face of Russia's barbaric aggression, much of which has targeted innocent civilians and civilian infrastructure, is a testament to the desire of the people to be free of oppression. Speaking on Facebook, Congressman Bill Heisinger weighed in and praised the fighting spirit of Zelensky. We had uh, military experts here in the United States that didn't think it was going to be three days, much less 300 days of opposition. And uh, he's vowing to fight and continuing to fight. Upton said the war was not started by Ukraine and he fully supports continued U.S. aid to that country. Heisinger said he's opposed the Russian war on Ukraine from, from the beginning, although his record on funding for Ukraine has been, in his word, mixed. While he has voted for the aid, Heisinger said there should be more oversight. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues. Brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. The middle part of the country is dealing with extreme cold temperatures and snow right now as we wait in West Michigan to be hit by a blizzard. ABC's Alex Stone says Denver is currently taking the brunt of the system. In Denver, warming centers and shelters are open. Daytime temperatures in the city are in the negative numbers. The National Guard has been activated to help with bedding and feeding those who are in shelters. Denver Mayor Michael Hancock says the impact of the cold blast is made worse by the 1,300 or so migrants who have been bused to Denver recently with nowhere to stay in the cold. He says it's a humanitarian crisis and immigration reform is needed now. I implore Congress and the administration to act and to act quickly. Coloradans are being told to stay indoors during the extreme blast of cold. Alex Stone, EBC News.
Governor Doug Ducey says Arizona will take down a makeshift wall made of shipping containers at the Mexico border, settling a lawsuit and political tussle with the federal government over trespassing on federal lands. The Biden administration and the Republican governor entered into an agreement that Arizona will seize installing the containers in the Colorado National Coronado National Forest. That's according to court documents filed Wednesday in U.S. District Court. The stipulation says Arizona must remove the shipping containers already present in southeastern Cochise County by January 4th. The resolution comes just two weeks before Democrat Katie Hobbs, who opposes the construction, takes over as governor. The National Weather Service is calling it a once-in-a-generation event. The massive winter storm blasting much of the central and eastern U.S. this weekend, crippling holiday travel and bringing frigid temperatures to the region. President Joe Biden was briefed today on the storm, and he spoke to reporters at the Oval Office. ABC's Karen Travers was in the room and has the latest. President Biden is urging Americans to take the winter weather extremely seriously, telling reporters in the Oval Office Thursday. And I don't know whether your boss will let you, but if you all have travel plans, leave now. Uh, not, not a joke. The president said he's telling his own staff to leave today if they have any travel plans for tonight or Friday. They can talk to me on the phone. It's not life and death, but it will be if they don't, if they don't get out. They may not get out. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Temperatures are plunging far and fast as the storms ahead of Christmas weekend roll in. The National Weather Service says the frigid air will move through the central U.S. to the east and that wind chill advisories will affect around 135 million people in the coming days. Forecasters expect a bomb cyclone to develop near the Great Lakes that occurs when atmospheric pressure drops quickly in a strong storm. The Senate has approved a $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill to keep the government from shutting down. The vote was 68 to 29. Retiring Senators Patrick Leahy and Richard Shelby took to the Senate floor ahead of the vote to urge their members to support the spending bill. The 88-year-old Shelby said the budget bill was worth a passing. This bill, we know what it is. We know it's an omnibus. We know it's not perfect, uh, but it's got a lot of stuff in it, a lot of good stuff. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says she hopes the $1.7 trillion spending bill will be passed today. The Minister of Higher Education and the Taliban government has broken his silence over his decision to ban women from universities. The minister issued the decree earlier this week to avoid the mixing of genders in universities, and he says he believes some subjects being taught violated the principles of Islam. Earlier, the foreign ministers of the G7 group of states urged the Taliban to rescind the ban, warning that, quote, gender persecution may amount to a crime against humanity. The ministers warned after a virtual event that, quote, Taliban policies designed to erase women from public life will have consequences for how our countries engage with the Taliban. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky Wednesday evening addressed a joint meeting of Congress. It's the first time that a wartime leader has done so since Winston Churchill back in 1941. Zelensky was asking that the aid to his country not stop flowing so Ukraine can continue to fight Russian aggression. Here's ABC's Pentagon correspondent Luis Martinez on what future aid might look like. It's twofold. There's the, what they need on the battlefield right now. You heard Zelensky say last night he'd needed more artillery. He'd be comfortable with more patriots. Um, but at the same time, what the United States is looking to see is downrange. How much further is this conflict going to go? Um, and then you have to have those discussions of, well, what are some of the weapons that they might need for an extended conflict? And that's where the discussion about tanks, where it's where the discussion about uh, fighter aircraft comes in. No decisions have been made on that, but it's obvious that somewhere down the road, those discussions are going to have to become very real. Meanwhile, throughout Mariupol, Russian workers are tearing down bombed-out buildings at a rate of at least one a day, hauling away shattered bodies with the debris. 
Russian soldiers, builders, administrators, and doctors are replacing the thousands of Ukrainians who have died or who have left. Eight months after Mariupol fell into Russian hands, Russia is eradicating all vestiges of Ukraine from it, but it cannot hide the fact that it's building on death. The Associated Press found more than 10,000 new graves already scar Mariupol. An AP investigation into occupied Mariupol drew on interviews with 30 residents, including 13 living under Russian occupation, satellite imagery, hundreds of videos gathered from inside the city, and Russian documents. And the extreme cold weather gripping the nation this week could be deadly for already endangered animals. More from ABC's Dave Packer. From the Atlantic shores of Maryland to the Gulf Coast of Texas, as temperatures plummet, wildlife conservationists are preparing to rescue cold-blooded animals. Sea turtles are known to become cold-stunned when the weather plunges and float to the surface, unable to avoid boats, sometimes drowning. More than two dozen turtles already taken into the Baltimore Aquarium for rehabilitation. Texas offering a hotline for people to call if they see a cold-stunned sea turtle. And in Florida, people are being warned not to pick up iguanas that fall out of trees. They're likely just immobilized and could attack when they thaw. Dave Packer, ABC News. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.